Good morning, Evergreen, and thanks for joining us online. We're going to start off our service today with our call to worship. During the six Sundays that lead up to Easter, we will be acknowledging six different events of the Passion. Today, our symbols are the nails and the healing oil. The nails remind us of Christ's crucifixion on the cross. But as Christians, we know there is a glorious day of resurrection coming. Because of this, you will also see healing oil on the table today, representing the wholeness and the new life we experience because of the cross. For our call to worship, this morning we read from 1 Peter 2. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to your shepherd, the overseer of your souls. Good morning again. This morning um, we are going to be looking at the story of Mary and Martha. We are in our Lenten series. We are continuing with encountering Jesus. Well, we're all being reminded now that we don't need to be in the church building to encounter Jesus. Encountering Jesus is a choice we make. It's a matter of priorities and posture. So get out your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 10. We'll be starting with verse 38. Here's an image that includes Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. Mary's at the table with a bit of a disapproving expression on her face. Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, which is a posture of learning in that day. An interesting detail here, Mary was bucking the cultural norm as it was only men who would be learning from a rabbi. She was also the one who anointed Jesus' feet with expensive perfume later on. Mary was a bit of a free spirit, which probably annoyed her sister, who was the sensible, responsible one. Well, I want to begin with a little context for us using these previous verses from what we're looking at today. The incident here where Jesus comes to Martha's house is near the beginning of the long travel narrative in Luke. We're told that Jesus has set his face on Jerusalem. He sends his 70 followers ahead with no provisions for the journey and insists that they depend on the hospitality of those towns who were going to welcome them. Sounds pretty courageous to me. Well, immediately preceding the stop at Martha's house, Jesus tells the story about the Good Samaritan a story that embodies true hospitality. Hospitality is exceedingly important in the biblical world and in general, and especially though in Luke's gospel. Verse 38 says, as Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. You know, it would have been really hard to be hospitable back in Bible times because 
you never knew when someone was going to show up, so you'd have to have your house clean all the time. Now, Barry and I have always loved having people over, being hospitable. But the difference between the two of us is that he didn't care what the house looked like, and I did. He would get into an argument with me right before guests would come because he had some kind of weird, messy project that he'd want to start. Usually it was something I'd asked him to do at least six months before. Well, one time, this is true, I found him in the backyard using the hose, a bucket of soap, to clean a shower curtain. The whole neighborhood heard about that discussion. Well, when Jesus comes to Bethany, Martha shows hospitality by welcoming Jesus into her home, which she shared with her sister Mary. Verses 39 and 40, her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Hmm, that was pretty bold. Martha would have been the eldest in the family. She would have had to be the responsible one, and that meant being responsible for her younger siblings. Now, if you're the oldest, you know what I'm talking about. But I want to focus on the word distracted here. You see, Martha was distracted by the meal she was preparing, and she got frustrated because she was missing out on what Jesus was saying. Mary's just sitting at his feet, taking in all he was saying, rather than assuming the traditional role that would be expected of women back then, of being in the kitchen, which Martha was fulfilling. Well, Martha reaches her breaking point and tells Jesus to make Mary come help her. Jesus does not answer Martha the way she expects or wants. He gently answers her complaint. My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all the details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. I have to say that I may have been tempted to say to Jesus, well, then who is going to fix your dinner? But Martha was smart and kept her mouth shut. Here's the thing. The problem with Martha is not that she's busy serving and providing hospitality. Those are wonderful things. But rather, she is worried and distracted. Now, if I could see all of you right now, and I asked for a raise of hands on who is worried and distracted right now, I'm guessing most of your hands would be raised along with mine. You see, the word translated here for distracted in this verse has the connotation of being pulled or dragged in different directions. Martha was in the kitchen trying to make the meal and trying to listen to Jesus at the same time. I find it interesting that just a few weeks ago, we were distracted by the busyness of life. We had meetings. We had school events, sports practices, social commitments, church commitments, 
but our calendars look pretty different today. This health crisis has given us an opportunity to examine the negative effects of all those distractions on our life and especially on our relationship with Jesus. I want to be clear about something. God is not punishing us through this virus. However, he has allowed it to happen because he is sovereign over all. I do know that in God's economy, what is meant for evil, God uses for good. We have an opportunity to encounter Jesus in a deeper way in this Lenten season with all these things stripped away. As I think of Martha trying to do her work and listening to Jesus at the same time, I can really relate to that. That sense of being dragged or pulled in different directions while attempting to read my Bible or pray, it's a real thing. And I then wonder why I feel frustrated. But just like Martha, our distraction and worry won't allow us to hear, really hear, what Jesus is saying to us. Sometimes when we think God is silent and far off, it's not him. It's us not prioritizing focused time with him without all the distractions. Jesus tells Martha in verse 41, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing to be concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it cannot be taken from her. When he says, my dear Martha, it's because he loves her, and he wants what's best for her. He's not chiding her. He is reminding her of what is important. And Mary, in that picture, she's looking right at Jesus as he's speaking. She's not distracted by anything. She's not worried. She's not upset because her eyes and her ears are on Jesus. These two sisters, they have very different countenances. So which sister depicts you today? Mary or Martha? I see a progression here. Focusing on what's temporary leads us to wrong priorities, which leads us to being distracted by our circumstances, which leads us to worry and fear. Mary was calm. She was able to hear everything Jesus was saying to her, every word. Jesus said that Mary was concerned about one thing, only one thing. Can you imagine being concerned about only one thing right now? And that was being fully present with Jesus. She was not concerned about what she did for Jesus, but about being with Jesus. In our culture of hectic schedules and relentless, relentless pursuit of productivity, we are tempted to measure our worth by how busy we are, how much we accomplish, or how well we meet the expectations of other people. It's true that much of our busyness and distractions stem from the noblest of intentions. 
Martha wanted to provide an amazing meal for Jesus, but she prioritized the meal over time with him. So then it became about her and not him. Jesus says that what Mary discovered could not be taken away because it was eternal. Think about all that has been taken away from us now. The restrictions that we have. For some, it's a job, it's recreation, human contact, any sense of stability. I find myself now with new distractions. I have to be even more intentional about prioritizing my time with Jesus because if I don't, I can spiral down really fast. I start focusing on what I can't do and all the what ifs that we just do not know about. There were no circumstances that could take Mary's deep relationship with Jesus away from her and that is true for us as well. This is an unprecedented time in history. What is our response? I believe that Jesus is calling us to prioritize our time with him, to go deeper with him, so that when we do regain some normalcy in our life, we actually have a new normal and we don't go back. I believe God is calling his church to also seek him at this time to have a new perspective on what church should be. I'm convinced that we have strayed in many ways, and he is graciously giving us the gift of reprioritizing. Are we offering people something that cannot be taken away from them? It's an interesting thought. Hosea 6.6 6 says, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than burnt offerings. Jesus wanted Martha to know him. He wants us to know him. Jesus wanted Martha to know him more than he was interested in the work she was doing for him. It is out of knowing who we are that we are able to know what we are called to do. Jesus wants us individually and as a church community to know him more than the work that we're doing for him. I'm not saying that we don't serve, both listening and doing, receiving God's word and serving others are a vital part of our Christian life just as inhaling and exhaling are to breathing. Yet how often do we forget to breathe deeply? Trying to serve without being nourished by intentional time with God is like expecting good fruit to grow on a tree that has been uprooted. Let's lean into this uncertain time and listen intently to what the Lord is saying. So what is distracting you today? What changes, permanent changes, can you make to prioritize your time with Jesus? I want to end with this. 
The Lord calls us to be still and know that I am God. Please pray with me. God, help us to recognize the distractions in our life that keep us from fully encountering you. May we not miss your words and desires for us, and may we focus on you, our Prince of Peace. In your name we pray, amen.